Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Okay. I'm Just okay. okay. Just okay. Oh, what's going on? My kid, my kid has hand, <laughs> foot, mouth. Oh, why are you running a grubby household over there? I'm running a diseased household. Man, wash your hands, Nikki. I know. You know, I got the notice. Like, we were on vacation the first week of July, and at the end of that week, they sent a notification at daycare that was like, two confirmed cases of hand, foot, mouth in the toddler room. And I was like, thank God we haven't been there. Like, I'm like I'm new here. Like, I'm an idiot right. mom that was like, oh, good. It's been a week. I'm sure it's gone. Right. Fucking idiot. Oh, my God. So, uh, wait, here we wait, are. Till come, wait till he comes home with lice. No. That my... Is that still a thing? <laughs> it's always a thing. That's fucked. That's gross. You yes. know I don't do bugs. Yeah, bugs well, on my kid, I will throw up. I can't. You're not gonna. Have, you're not gonna have a choice. At some point, he's coming home with lice. No, and you're gonna. You're gonna have to bust. Lice. Well, I'm just telling you. Maybe you guys don't have them up there in the great northwest northeast, but we had them here in Ohio. Both my girls got it at some point, and it was Ugh. a big pain in the ass. My yeah. best friend used to get it because she has like like this big mane of like mermaid hair, and so she and her sister would always would always have not always. That's gross. I don't mean to make them sound like they were gross kids. They always had fucking right. lice. No, but they had it a bunch of times, and I remember their mom like, didn't you have to like you put all your stuffies like in plastic bags? and tie yeah, them yeah. up to like suffocate the lice or whatever and my mom would never because we used to have sleepovers a lot she'd be like you mm. never share a pillow with andrea okay and i was like all right whatever that well, means we we went through a couple of cases here it was pretty gross it's but... a bummer i don't want that yeah you don't you don't want that well i mean anyway. I'm ex- <laughs> yeah anyway i'm excited about tonight here's a fun fact most people don't know about our show when we have crossfit games champions on they have to win three times so we don't let them on and oh. just yeah, Justin Medeiros is begging us to come back on, and he's got to win again, or he's on his own. But we have Jason Grubb on, who is a three-time winner. Jason, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome. <laughs> he looks like, he's like, there's no way that's true. There's no way that's true. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, I, I can't believe, when I look back, I can't believe that there's three on the, well, they're all in a drawer. But at some point, they're all going to be on a wall. Dude, Because I, I, I live in an this- RV. I've got no room. Right. There's no room in an RV to hang things. <laughs> I have Dude. so many questions uh, already. Well, mine is, if I had even made the games, let alone won a medal, I'd be wearing the shirt full time. Yep. I'd be wearing the medal full time. Like everyone would know. Like you think everyone knows about <laughs> CrossFit. Everyone would know <laughs> that I had won. So I'm impressed you have them in a drawer. You must be a really humble dude, man. Well, I know where they're at. Like that's, I, I very much know where they're at. And I, I say they're in a drawer. But only one is in a drawer and it's in like a, it's in storage in a dresser drawer. The other two have happened since I since we've been in an RV. And so they are in the lockbox in the RV here with like valuables, like not that mm-hmm. it's I mean, it is valuable, but like, you know, it's it doesn't have a it doesn't have monetary value. But if I sell like a, a bike or something for six hundred dollars. That money goes in the fire safe in case the RV erupts in flames. It might as well put a couple of CrossFit CrossFit Games medals in there. Dude, I, Hell Nikki, yeah. Nikki just moved into this house she's in and has been in full housewarming mode now for however long you've been there, Nikki. So I know you're dying of questions to hear about this RV. I can I just see it. I have a million and a half questions about living in an RV. But before we dive into your RV life, <laughs> tell the people a little bit about your CrossFit 
experience and CrossFit Games experience because starting with the medals, it's actually you have four, right? Because I do. Yep. Tell us the medals, tell us the years and the divisions because you span divisions sure. as well. Yep. yep, I do. I first qualified for the games in 2018. I always think that I, I snuck into the games in 13th place. They took the top 20 that year. And I had tried a couple of years prior to that. You know, I started CrossFit at 38. I really loved it. I started to get competitive when I was 39 and I turned 40 thinking like, here's my shot to get to the CrossFit Games. I'll never be 40 again. And I, and I took my shot and through the open and the age group qualifier at the time, not even close, not even yeah. in the orbit, you know? <laughs> they took the top 20 and I was like 80th. And the, the top 20 was just untouchable. I, did not, I couldn't understand how they were so good. And the next year I, I doubled down, didn't get there as a 41 year old. So as a 42 year old, I dialed back my training, started training like a master's athlete, not like a 22 year old where I was just killing myself every day. And, and yeah, I, I snuck in 13th in the qualifier, hoping to just enjoy the games. Like this was a dream come true experience just to be there. Like the first event was an obstacle course, the obstacle course, we got to do it. And I didn't suck. I got, I got fifth or something in that event. And then I collected, I collected second, third, fourth, fifth, somewhere in that range. And I ended up getting third place that year. And that was exciting. But I'll, to be clear, I took fourth place at the games. I did not get to stand on a podium. But six months later, it turned out one of the athletes that was on the podium tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. So I bumped up, I got a check in the mail, and I got a medal in a FedEx envelope. No note, no congratulations, no shirt, a medal dropped in a FedEx envelope and sent. So I was, I was a little bit, I was, a, I was like, I want to stand. I, I heard that we could, I heard we could use some language on this podcast. I wanted to stand yeah. on the fucking podium. I mean, I'll tell yeah. you that yeah. the fact that I could have, and I didn't. So the next year when I went back, I snuck in <laughs> at seventh, like they took the top 10 and I, I got in at seventh went and I stood on top of the podium 2019. And both of those were in the 40 to 44 year old age group. I was 43 when I won. When I was 44, it was COVID 2020, no age group CrossFit games. I, I may not have even qualified, but then the next year, 2021, I'm 45, I won. Last year, 46 years old, I won again. And this year, I'm gonna win again um, as a 47 year old. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I yeah, love it's, it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I'm, I'm, I'm fitter than I've ever been. So, ooh, I'm ready. I was just gonna ask: Is there like, is there additional pressure as you age within the division that you're in? Right, because there, there is a lot that can happen in five years, and your body can go through a lot. And being five years older is sometimes five years more difficult to maintain your fitness. Yes. So, what kind of pressure is it being like? Oh shit. I'm now 47, I'm 48, I'm 49. And these young bucks, these 45 year olds are just barely aging up yeah. in the previous division. Yeah, every year when I was 45, I was like, I'm the young buck. So right. good luck y'all. Like, good luck uh, everyone, fuck you my, I'm here. Yeah, I'm seriously. <laughs> but then every, the guys that come up with me, there's a couple of competitors that are, that are literally my age. And they, Mike Kerr, one of them, and he's been on the podium two years with me in a row. So. He's just going to sidle up next to me and we're always going to be the same age. So never shaking Mike loose. And that's fine. He's a great competitor. But then when I was 46, there were some young bucks. Yeah, I'm nervous about the guys coming up. Now I'm 47 and I've got eyeballs on 
who's coming up in each from the from the 40 to 44 year old age group because they are three years younger than me or you know two but really three and they it makes a big difference every i feel like every younger division is getting harder and harder and harder Mm -hmm. and now they're just bumping up into my division and then when i move into the 50 plus division and mike kern and the guys that come with me we're going to make that division that much harder everyone's getting better at crossfit on one hand but to answer your question yes i i really you know as a 47 year old my third year in the division huge pressure because the guys coming up are younger they're faster they're stronger all of those things i have some experience behind me i've done this four times i i know how to i know how to win i know how to suffer i i can be pretty strategic and pretty smart in workouts but there's on the other hand that's all confidence on the other hand I'm fucking nervous. I'm always mm-hmm. nervous. I'm always afraid of what's coming. You know, what, what could they bring at the games this year that could completely throw me off? Because it could happen. Maybe I've gotten, I haven't gotten lucky three years in a row. That's not a thing. But hopefully I'm prepared enough for everything that's coming this year. And how the cards fall, I hope I land on top. And if I'm not, kudos to anyone who's on that podium because it's every single one of those guys that's in the top 10 in my division could stand on the podium. There's no weakness <laughs> out there. You're like, kudos to anyone who can dethrone me. <laughs> yeah, that came out so wrong. It didn't come out right. No, no I love it. I'm here for but it. We're, I'm Yeah, I'm ready. So I don't, I don't know how, I don't want to get like too far down this rabbit hole when it comes to what happened with you and your, your, the moment that was taken from you to stand atop the podium. Cause we, John and I have talked about PEDs, especially even recently in the team division and the age group division. I've openly said like, I really don't know enough about how it works and whatever to have like big opinions on it, but I've never really had the opportunity to speak with someone who had that opportunity taken away from them because of someone ahead of you who then popped. So I would just love to hear from your perspective, there must be a lot of emotions going on there, right? Like you're, you've got to be pissed and you yeah. have this yearning for what happened. And at the same time, you got to be like angry at this person. But then also do you kind of, are you kind of feel bad for them? Are you like, well, that's sad that you felt like you had to do that. Like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Give me the whole spectrum of things like, that went through your mind. A lo- there's a lot of emotions there. And I would say that. I'm not even going to name the name of the person that did get popped. People in my age group know who it is. So we don't really need to get in who it is. Could have, could have been any guy. But this, this was a competitor that was pretty untouchable for a while. And then ended up taking second the year that, that he got popped. And it just, it, it really makes you think like, did this guy somehow skirt the system for four or five years? Was he cheating all the time? And I was angry. I was bitter. I'm, I mean, I'm still just like, dude, a, a you call you gotta call everybody in that division and apologize. Like I am sorry. Wow. That I took a taint. It's I think, yeah, you should fucking like you you took that from me. I I think I think Vellner deserved a call from Gerard. I think I think he still deserves a call. I think the first thing that should have happened last year at the games, somehow in public, Gerard, how do you say his last name, should have said, Vellner, I apologize. Hey, I take responsibility. I've admitted it. I apologize. And Velder would have been like, yeah, totally. Let's move forward. Like, Velder doesn't hold on. I don't hold on to it now. But I think that something should happen that apologies. So, in fact, the year, on 2019, when I won, the second place guy popped. And it's like, what? 
what is going oh, on? Uh, second place guy popped. He did send an email out to everyone saying, I'm so sorry. I thought we were all playing on a level playing field or something like that. It was kind of a cryptic email, but he did acknowledge it. i sorry. I thought we were all using Yeah, I thought we yeah, were thought all cheating. Seriously. Right. That's the email we got. And I was like, well, I don't know what that is. I didn't even okay, respond. I, everyone, should, he should have like reached out to everyone, but like not with that. That was the Not wrong. with that. He was a, it was an attempt, but then it, the, what came out was like, what are you saying, bro? Because I, I just think in our sport, there is, there is absolutely no room or excuse for this. And one of the things that pisses me off the most about guys that popped every year, and that it's always going to happen, but it's the accusations from the community, or those outside of CrossFit, looking into CrossFit, the comments I get on my YouTube videos, on Instagram, they're like, ah, oh, bro, you're, you know, it's, it's PEDs. That's what's doing it for you. It's, mm -hmm. it's a trend, T-Red or whatever they call it. And I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't know what that is. But the accusation that, that, you, that you, can, you can't have a radical change in your physical abilities from 38 to 45. Like the argument that you can't do that, it pisses me off because you can. I did. And maybe I've got decent genetics, but if you saw my parents, you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, no, this guy's got some beefcake parents. Like, no, I had, <laughs> like, you know, like, my, he's got my meat castle parents. Right, he's right. Right. meat castle. Stand at the no, man, my, my, dad, my dad was an addict and my mom was overweight. These are the genetics that I have. And maybe there's an addictive quality to my passion for the sport, probably mm -hmm. is. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I mean, I'll take that. Just I'll take the genetics yeah. towards addiction and I'll just roll in that and just make myself suffer consistently. But with enough work, you know, if, if you've seen my before picture, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, a fluffy 38-year-old um, dad holding a red stripe. That's my before picture in Jamaica, right? And a couple of years later, I'm a fit, you know, eventual CrossFit Games champion who's never touched a thing never looked into it, never been, never had my testosterone checked. I don't want to know any of that stuff. I just want to work hard, eat good food and enjoy a sport that I am lucky enough to be good at. I just, I mean, the cards are here. I'm good at this for yeah. some reason. It's interesting. I've never thought about the idea of sending an apology because of what, because of the perception that now you're adding to the sport. Like that's really interesting. Right. And I've never thought of it right. from that. Well, I've obviously never had a chance to talk to a competitor in your position, but like from that perspective, like, hey, man, you should be apologizing to all of us because now the entire world outside of what we're doing is going to think we're right. all doing this shit. And I I'm think out we're here all being doing an honest. It. Yeah, I'm out here being an honest yeah. athlete and you're like tainting yeah. my reputation effectively. Yes, That's very much. Interesting perspective. Yeah. Yep. And it's not, you know, I, I think my assumption is everyone's clean. I don't I mean, I, I've. I repeated with this. You said, you know, I feel the yeah. same way. John thinks I'm crazy, but I, just, I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't think you're crazy. I just, it's interesting this came up because I had this on my list of things to talk about. And I honestly didn't realize that was the year that someone got popped in your division. But I've noticed recently in the years that more and more Masters athletes get popped. And as a Masters athlete, I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like the prize right. isn't big enough to, to yeah. be putting this, to be putting this crap in your body, you know, but yeah. it's. It's proof people will do anything for a prize. That was actually one of my yeah. questions is why the hell do you think masters athletes feel the need to cheat? Right. Like, cause I, you know, I'm, I'm firmly in your camp, Jason, that in our yeah. age group and I'm slightly older than you, 
but I'm still seeing progress. And so I yeah. know masters athletes can continue to get better as they get older. So why do they feel the need to cheat? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's it, the only thing I can think of is that they're presented an opportunity. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like the, the, the dare campaign, whatever that was when we, like when we were kids, like don't like, say no to drugs. Like I've never been presented an opportunity to cheat. I don't, I wouldn't even know how, but I can imagine someone at the gym was like, bro, I added 40 pounds to my back squat. You know, this was just one cycle. And a guy's like, okay, I, you know, I'll try one cycle. I just don't know anything about it. Now, I do know guys that are in my age group that don't plan, not in my age group, uh, but whatever, around master's athletes, that don't plan to compete on a global level you know, in an area, an arena that they would be tested, that have been prescribed testosterone because their doctor says they're sure. low. Yeah. Generally, I think it's way too easy to get that too. I think doctors are just like, yeah, you know, now that we're testing, everyone should be on testosterone and like what shows up in my TikTok feed from time to time is testimonials of guys about how amazing oh, yeah. they feel on testosterone I'm like man that would be great that sounds awesome like when i wake up as a masters games champion three times and i gotta like hold the handrail to walk down three stairs because mm -hmm. i'm right. like first thing in the morning i'm a little i'm not i don't feel a thousand percent yeah i, I would love to be I would love to feel 20 years younger and I am fit. I do feel very healthy for a 47 year old. I can do a lot of things, but I don't just go outside and snatch 185 pounds like 20 year olds do. I got to warm up to jog. I got to warm up to, right. to, to, to right. do anything. So, so much crossover symmetry happening. Like, so yeah. So yeah, what am I, if I going to go play tennis? Well, I better do some crossover before I like play pickleball or something. I want to tear something. But I, yeah, I think that uh, I think there's just there's a lot more opportunity. I think that guys can find it, and, and they they may hear from other. I I don't know, John. I'm making it up. I have no idea why they would. From a competitive standpoint, maybe they just want to get to the games one time. But I'll tell you one time, in 2018, I had an opportunity to cheat in the open. It was, and that was the year when your your score from the open carried over into your age group qualifier. And then that qualified you for the games. So every score counted. And it was, I think it was the first workout of the Open in 2018. You had dumbbell facing burpees and dumbbell front squats, part A. Oh, part B one. was a mass clean. Yeah, terrible, right? Terrible, terrible. And so I tested it on a Friday and I sandbagged the burpees and I hit a big clean. And I tested it Monday and I sold out on the burpees and I sucked at the clean. And I was my affiliate owner. I was the gym manager, right? So I could have put in a big clean and a big first score. I could have, I could have. And I remember thinking like, if I do this and I inadvertently qualify this year, I will feel like a sack of shit if I qualify. I can't do it. And, it, and, it, and, it's, and no one would have known. So I, I remember trying to figure out, okay, which, which one of these two is going to be better, mm -hmm. a better one, right? So I, I think I put in the, better clean. I think that was the one I thought would end up with a better overall score. And it doesn't matter now, but I did have that opportunity as the affiliate manager to validate my score and just make some stuff up if I wanted to, or put in scores that I legitimately got, but not on the same day. If you just don't do stuff like that, right? But that was this temptation, John, like I, I could just be an unethical douche right here. <laughs> well, I'm really getting free. <laughs> Favorite 
phrase was just born. I will use it everywhere. You could yes. do that, but you're yes, being an could. unethical douche. I'm going to use that with Matt at 3 a.m. when the baby wakes gonna... up and he doesn't want to get out of bed. I'm going to be like, you're being an unethical douche right now. Well, as long as we're down this rabbit hole, let me, let me ask you a question about being an unethical douche. I had a I had a long debate with someone today about this and it was a true debate and I feel really good about where we landed. We were both on opposite sides, but I'd be curious as a competitor, your thoughts. So I, there's a lot of debate in the community around cheating that athletes are doing in competition. And, it, and I, it's being called cheating where an athlete is missing a rep and not getting no rep in a live competition. You follow me? Like I, yep. I'm going to be really specific. There was a post today from one of our best friends, Danny Spiegel. It was on the CrossFit yep. page. It's people were blowing it up because Danny kind of notoriously has some reps that are viewed as, you know, not the highest quality. And I think that's a fair criticism of an athlete when you watch them, including Danny. I'm not defending her reps here. But my argument was, it's like in a live competition, the judge is responsible. And the athlete's job is to complete the reps and get called no rep or get, you know, get credit for the rep. But at the end of the day, the judge a foot away from them is the one that's calling that rep good or bad, right? Agreed. And so that was, that was the debate was they were calling Danny a cheater. Well, she's a known cheater, so, you know, she's low quality was basically the thing. And so I guess that's the question for you. Like, I fully agree with what you're saying around, hey, you could cheat the open and you didn't, so you're not an unethical douche, and I think that's a great thing. But live competition, is it cheating or just competing? You know, I, I have two thoughts on this. I think one, as a competitor, my job is is to make it super easy for my judge. That's what I want to do. I want to make their job so easy that there's not even a chance I'm going to no, get a no rep. And it's a selfish ambition. Like, and a no rep is disorienting. You're throwing wall balls and yeah. you're throwing 50 of them and they give you one no rep. You, all you're thinking is now I got to do 51 or 52. And it's, it kills you inside a little bit. So I try, I, I think as a competitor, Rich Froning did this so well. Like you, like his judge will never call a no rep because he's never going to be close to no repping. Yeah. I think that's our job as competitors: make our judge's job easy. On the other hand, when it comes down to it, you're, you, yeah, it's on the judge. And I think of an example in the 2019 games: we had barred muscle ups and snatches. It was a repeat from what the individuals did in 2018. We did in 2019. And I was finishing up my last bar muscle up, right? It took to, and I was going to come off the bar and sprint across the field. On that bar muscle up, my right hand slipped off and I slammed onto that bar. And I think there was a rule. I wasn't sure about it. But if you laid on the bar yes, with the hand not on it, on the bar, yeah. yeah, that's a no rep. But my hand literally slipped off. And so I'm up on the bar and my judge had already turned and started running before I finished the rep. So I got my hand on there, straightened out, finished it jumped down and I booked across the field and I didn't win the event and I, I potentially could have done another muscle up. It, it had no effect on the outcome, but my judge did not see the, the end of that rep, but my judge gave me that rep and I, and I took it, you know, I'm right there and I'm, this is the 45th muscle up or however many there were, but yeah, no, I fell onto the bar. Judge didn't even see it. Slight judging mistake there. Like you should watch the very end of the movement be but she was ready to watch me run down the field and get a, a proper time. So anyway, I mean, I took the rep. And when you're, when you're doing like double unders, 
in competition and you're doing 60 of them and I know the count in my head and I'm watching my judge and they say done before I get to 60, I'm not doing more reps. Like one of us messed up. I trust (laughs) you. And, and, and that's that. Now for Danny Spiegel, she's just a a, a nice, an example where because of her body composition and she has such strong legs, right? Getting to depth is really hard to tell on squats. Her hip, hip crease versus her knees versus the size of her quads. All of that is just a big giant disaster for a judge to try to, to try to make sure she's getting deep enough. It's just hard. So, I mean, I, I'm not giving her any advice, but I, I think it's to keep yourself out of the dirt. Just, just go an inch lower, like make it easy for your judge in every way possible. And I, oftentimes when I go out on the floor, I'll even talk to my judge about, you know, making sure like, hey, we're doing cleans. My elbow needs to get in front of the bar, right? To make sure we're both on the same page so that when all I have to do is flash that, that elbow in front of the bar, not catch in a, you know, elbows forward situation. So I like to try to communicate a lot to make sure we're good. And I, I can't think, I, I think, I think I've gotten rep, no repped maybe twice in the, in the CrossFit games. One, because I can't hit a target with a wall ball. Actually, I got like four no reps on that one. Never mind. Two separate events. I can't hit a target. And it's just like, I'm just going to plan for some no reps on there. And I think we had one event in 2018 that started out with some deadlifts. And I think they no repped everyone's first rep just to let everyone know you got to stand up all the way. Like, mm-hmm. I think right. everyone got a no rep. And I think it was strategic. But, but no, I, I make clear movements. That's on us. But it, Sorry, long answer. John, if they give you the rep, that's on the judge. Yeah, now, I, think you're, I think you're right about the clear movement, though. I mean, because the, the rules yeah. do actually say it's on the athlete as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I yes. like I was someone pointed that out to me. I'm like, you're not wrong. But in the history of the CrossFit Games, who has ever no rep themselves? I've never seen it happen. <laughs> now, it's right. not to say it hasn't. I mean, like, clearly you right. finished your rep, but they weren't watching. You know, like we're watching. You, I might have dropped them back. You no. know, yeah. I got one more. Yeah, no, exactly. I and, you know, and this isn't golf where, you know, it's yeah. like it's a standard in golf to to call your own penalties where CrossFit's a little different. But, you know, obviously, because it's a much, much faster right. sport. Well, that yeah. I think you're you're talking about something, too, where it's like someone didn't not do the squat. It's a question of millimeters of depth. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the athlete probably yeah. does think the athletes are. Can I can I give my answer to to this question? Because yes. I'm also kind of like halfway yes. in, in the middle where yeah, like, we'll allow it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It is. The judge's call is the final call. That's my opinion. I do not have the vantage point from my couch eating Cheetos, being a fat ass to say whether or not that elite athlete squatted to depth. The judge has the final call, even though it might look like I have a great angle, even though whatever, it's all smoke and mirrors. The person on the field to play is the one who's making the call. Do I think that we need to do like a better job? Like, training judges and making sure that they're all on the same page and whatever like that is an entirely separate discussion but right now in the way that we are doing judging and volunteer judging in our sport that judge has the final call i do think that the athletes are they're being we're asking a lot of them we're asking a lot of them to move as fast as possible be as strong as possible every millimeter counts they got to get the right foot over the finish line the foot with the chip timer has to be someone could cross first but the other leg was in the back like there's a lot and there's like real careers on the line here. So I don't, I'm not surprised that people are trying to move as fast as possible. And sometimes that shortens range of motion. But I do think that yes. the separation between 
a good athlete and a great athlete is one that leaves no room for error and no question for their judges. So it's it's just kind of all I just don't think you can give a black and white answer without considering the grayscale of the entire thing that we're talking about here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I I was gonna say that most most movements, not not a hundred percent, but it's gotta be somewhere high. Ninety-five percent of movements when done to full extension, full range of motion, is it a more efficient movement? And actually, when you're doing thruster races for time, 50 of them onto a proper depth, getting a, a solid spring out of the bottom of that squat to a full extension overhead, which will then allow the bar to re-spring back down. By doing full ranges of motion, generally, you're actually, you're actually probably going to be more efficient in your overall management of 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 the event i don't know yeah. I, you know yeah no, better if form, i try better form is always more oh, efficient wins. at the end of the day 100 percent. if i yeah. if i try to short wall balls then it's that kills me like right no i really should just go ahead and get to the bottom of my squat to get the rebound as an example and you know i just want to say thing is though oh no you go yeah. you go ahead no go i was ahead. gonna make a joke i was gonna make a joke and say like cheetos are just fine i don't know if cheetos and and sitting on the couch those are totally fair combinations. And I, one of my secret sauces is, is carb loading in the evening with a handful of, well, plenty of Cheetos. Um, those that know me know that I, I do like some white cheddar Cheetos. Oh, white cheddar Cheetos. Oh, those yeah. Are fancy yeah. Fancy ones. They are fancy. It's, they're organic, which means nothing. Because they have <laughs> baked ones. Yeah, yeah, they are. Oh, lame. Just eat Come a on. No, no, they're Cheeto. amazing. They're, no. Well, those are great too. They're great. They're great. I can eat by the bag. Like, they're amazing. But what were you going to say? You know, my favorite thing is, my favorite thing is this happens a lot in the Masters in the older divisions where people's range of motion is quite literally stunted from who knows what. Sometimes from injuries or from surgeries. Sometimes from just starting CrossFit late. And they're just like, this is how I move. Like, these are the ergonomics of my body. And so my favorite thing to watch is before the heat starts, when a master's athlete will go to their judge and be like, listen, this quite literally is full extension in this elbow. Like it does not straighten. So like this one's going to be real straight and this one's going to have a little bit of a bend. And like, that is my complete range of motion. And we're like, count it because you're an epic elite athlete. And also you're you're 65 years old. Exactly. Like you get to do your squat depths because that's what your skeleton does at this age. And we're proud of you. Yes. And I think I, I think there's a there's a there's a fine line there. There is a little bit of a line that that you should be now like straightening an arm. Be, you're right. Like there could be like a broken elbow in a history, but and it's it's way harder to not straighten your arm overhead from a shoulder fatigue standpoint. Anything overhead, but I I, I do think that I don't know. I don't know. I I just want to say yeah. Even sixty plus masters athletes. You got to get below parallel. Um, I remember mm-hmm. last year, Cal Cal Charrington. I think it was his last year, maybe. But he's multiple champion in the sixty-five plus range. Great guy. He's nine feet tall at least, and just I think I want to say that he had to do pistols in last year's games in twenty twenty two. I think we all did pistols, and you know he was really concerned backstage that he could even get to depth. And I, but I think he went out and just got it done, and that's amazing. A sixty plus year old he's he's not nine feet tall but he's quite tall like six three or six four that nice. is not a pistol body right there 
But I think he got it done. And I'm pretty sure he was on the podium if he didn't win last year. I don't remember. Dang. I was going to so, say nine feet tall in CrossFit terms is like six feet tall. Right, 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 right. I mean, I, that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> that's what it looks like to us normal size. <laughs> exactly. I always wonder if like all these issues we're talking about when we're really focused on athletes, it's just the inconsistency of the last few years of really getting, you know, the games getting their footing under them and, and having consistent leadership, consistent judging, as an example, like you mentioned, everybody got no repped on the, on the first rep. And I'm going, why wasn't that just handled in the briefing? Like, why do you have to no rep people? Are you seeing better consistent judging? You've done this for, you know, four or five years now. Is it getting better? Or is it has staying the same? Man, I, I have not had any issues with judging whatsoever. So the inconsistencies and stuff like that, I see that I see that out there, here and there. I think there's sometimes when there's like a new movement introduced, like a crossover, a double crossover, where the judges don't know how to count what a double crossover is. It was it was almost too new last year. That was maybe the most brutal judging error where, you know, Danny Daniel Brandon only got a couple of reps counted when she actually right. did like 50 or something. But, you know, besides that, from my division and from my perspective, you know, I applaud the judges that are out there for three days judging masters athletes. You know, there's 140 masters, not including teenagers. So add another, you know, 40 teenagers this year to that mix for the age group divisions. They, they are out there going heat after heat after heat after heat. Seven masters divisions, nine total, including eight, all the age groups. That's a tremendous workload that they've got out there in the sun all day. And for me, I, again, I've never had a, a judging issue. Never. Like, I, I, I like to have fun with them. In 2018, there was a, a double under snatch ladder for masters athletes. And I remember thinking that it was a miss. It was a typo when they released that workout online. I was like, well, that's a type. They're not having us do that. There's no way that we're doing 50 double unders and then five snatches at 185, double unders, four snatches at 205, double unders, three snatches at 225, double unders, two snatches at 245. Oh my God. Uh, it turns out, yeah, it was, not a, it was not a typo. Yeah, like I've never done a snatch at 225 in my life. So we get out there. It's a, you got a 10 minute time cap. I do my double unders and snatches at 185, double unders. Through the snatches at 205, I look at my judge. And I'm like, dude, you could take a seat if you want. We're going to be here for a bit. We're just, I'm just going to let you know, we're not going anywhere fast here. And he, he smiled, but he didn't say anything because he's not talking to me in a competition. I mean, he's, he's right, very professional. Right. And uh, so I aggressively deadlifted the first rep. That yeah. was fun. And then, and then I almost hit one. And then I hit one and stepped forward out of the box and got a no rep. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Then I hit one and it was just awesome. Like I'm looking at him. I'm smiling. I want to high five him because we're in this together for six minutes or, or, you know, like there's the time cap is so far away, but I hit, I think I hit a couple, but again, that it's, they're, they're there. I want to have fun with them. I also need them to be fresh, but I've never had an issue, John, with it. With, it just uh, occurred with to me. We're like two weeks from the games and I'm asking you about judging. Like you're going to go, yeah, those motherfuckers are out oh, to get me. You know, I hate they're all guys. They're going to spit in you your food in the back. I'll tell you what's really cool is, is as we work through the games and, and they, they've got to know me, I, I maybe as a master's athlete, I, I have a little bit more of a public persona. And a lot of the, the judges, even if I'm not there, he, like, they'll catch me like, Jason, hey, that was really, was, you know, that was great. Or that was amazing. Or they'll, they'll catch me and we'll chat for a second, which is, which is really cool because I, I just think 
I mean, they're volunteering out there for three days in yeah. all the conditions. Yeah. So yeah. the more that I can give them and the more thanks I can give them or time with them, it's, it's, it's just really cool. So uh, my understanding is I am not an expert at this. I don't know for sure. But my understanding is that at the games, all, if not most, I think all of the judges like have their L1s. And they, at least, they do yeah, go, least, yeah. yeah, at least. And, you know, yeah. some of them are are incredible coaches yeah. and trainers with lots and lots yeah. of experience. And there are some yeah. like flow masters on staff and stuff like that. So yeah. I know that it's more, a little bit more like at the, you know, CrossFit and, and CrossFit adjacent events throughout the year. And also even at the semifinals level where we really have volunteers that might not have yeah. as much experience in the judging world. Yeah. But I do think at games, they put a lot of effort into like building that team out. Yeah, And, and I'm not saying they're not experience. experienced. I mean, my, my point was, is the games are like always changing and evolving and, yep. and, and movement standards are changing and like the True. ability to, to get that information yep. out to them quickly and to help everyone really understand what it looks like. And then to go do it live without really a lot of practice yeah. is really difficult right. and you know i'm i'm hopeful dave it makes a big impact to that as he's coming back yeah. in and can help you know for the for the health of the sport can really solidify that so we get away from all these arguments of are they cheating or is it a bad movement like yeah. you know i think more yeah. the more standardization we have even in a constantly varied sport will be good for the spectacle of the games it'd be great for the athletes great for the judging great for those of us that are just watching and want to watch thruster races and don't want to argue in the chat comments about me, whether Danny got the bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. about me. <laughs> um, can we RV? I'm yes. dying to know. Okay, yeah, of course. So tell me, tell me this, back it up a little bit. As you are trying to become a real life CrossFit games athlete, like what else is going on in your life like do you have a full-time job do you have a family and when when did the rv kind of like fit its way into your life yeah here? yeah it, it all it's all just a giant evolution obviously you don't just set out i i don't i you know that part in the joker where he's saying to harvey dent in the hospital he's like do i look like a guy with a plan that's rv for our life i didn't have a plan for any of this so we I owned a gym. I owned a CrossFit gym. As soon as I started CrossFit, within a year, I was so in love with the sport that I thought, I'm going to open a gym. I've always been entrepreneurial. So I opened a gym, and that allowed me all the freedom to have a gym, have a place to train, and attempt to qualify for the CrossFit Games for multiple years. And I, I ended up qualifying for the Games during the last year that I owned the gym. Qualified 2018, sold the gym in 2019, and was out of the gym business when I went to the games in 2019. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I didn't sell it for a lot of money, but enough money to like kind of recalibrate, decide what do I want to do next. And I had a lot of encouragement to take my story, the fat guy to a fit guy that had now won the CrossFit Games in 2019 and, and share that online. And it, I didn't think anyone would give a shit about that initially. I didn't think anything... So, but I got jasongrub.com. I started building some online training programs. I started recording some YouTube videos around that time, a lot more into 2020 with, with COVID. And luckily I had started this online training platform, jasongrub.com. When COVID hit, dudes needed workouts in their garage. Mm -hmm. And so I got lucky enough to be able to sell a lot of programs that year and get some get some revenue coming in 
And moving into, what was it, 2021 is the end of COVID. We have a 10-year-old now, 10-year-old and six-year-old. They were two years younger at the time. They weren't in school. We had homeschooled them. And we, were, we sort of realized like, hey, I'm not tied to anything. We don't have to live in Colorado, which was where our house was. Our kids don't have to go back to school. This homeschooling thing was just fine. I threw out this idea, like, what if we, what if we bought a van and did some traveling? And my wife was like, you can't travel with two kids and two dogs in a van. And mm. I was like, okay. So she suggests, she's like, well, let's look at RVs. I was like, I don't want an RV. Like that's, I'm not a trailer park guy. Like I don't want to, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't it know is. you could buy. Park on wheels. It is. I it mean, totally it is. is. It is. Uh -huh. it, this is what, I mean, it, it is a moving house. So I didn't realize that they made these really nice, fancy. Oh, I yeah. mean, this was beautiful, right? So we have a 42 foot. We ended up narrowing down. Like one, we had to decide, do we want to do this? Yes or no. Can we sell our house? Yes or no. And we actually sold our house in 2021 to Zillow. And if you were familiar with what Zillow was doing at the time, they were overpaying for houses to sell. They were trying to become that like open door. We buy and sell your house, flipping it. They were pouring billions in there. So we got a premium on our house. And the day we closed was the day it, the RV, the solar, the batteries, everything was done. I had I'd already bought a truck. We already bought an RV and we just, we had it out. So we have a 42 foot RV. It's a toy hauler for those out there that know what fifth wheel toy haulers are. I'm sitting in the garage area. Up above me are, is the bed for my two boys. One sleeps this direction. The other one sleeps back here. That way above. Behind me, I have a C2 bike. I have an echo bike outside because I just got done with an echo bike workout. I've got the rower behind me. There's a skier over here next to the washer and dryer. What? Next to the bathroom that's back here. I'm at a standing desk. I'm sitting in a tall chair at a standing desk. I have a deck out these glass doors next to me, full floor-to-ceiling glass doors. And then over there, we've got a living room, a little dining area, a full kitchen, like full microwave, full oven, four like burner stove, full refrigerator, full bathroom, up two stairs, and a master bedroom. I mean, it's, it's everything we need, except after two years, we're like, we're going to have to get a house. Like, we love really? this. But, but yeah, it'd be nice to have a home base. And here's the primary reason, besides a great internet connection, I would kill for an amazing internet connection all the time. For my business, I just need fast internet. I create so much content. I hate waiting on the internet. But our boys, we spent, we spent this last year a couple of longer durations in certain areas. We were two months in one place. We were up a full month and a half in another place. And then lots of three to four week stints in, in various places throughout the Southeast. And our boys would go into a CrossFit gym and, and do class with other kids in the, in the CrossFit gym. And they thrived in that community. And it, we realized like, ah, that's, that's the one thing. Our mm -hmm. boys need other boys to just to play with. And in the summer, in, in, we're at a, in Colorado at a Jellystone RV park. If listeners know what Jellystone are, if they're RVers, they know what a Jellystone is. It's like a huge pool. It's Yogi Bear like RV park. There's 500 spaces here. It's summer. There's millions of kids running around. So our boys can have a great time. They can go to the bounce pad all day and play with kids. 
But in October, there's there's no other kids. So our two boys will go out into the woods and like, well, it was just fun stuff. They'll go out, they'll like chop down a tree and then chop up a bunch of firewood with an axe that's like this big. And we're just just praying that they don't like chop their leg off. But they're boys, right. so go go tear down some stuff so we can burn right. it. That's what you do right. with boys. You're like um, living my but, husband's best life right now. Right. This is like all yeah. that Matt wants with his life is like two boys yes. out in the woods all day with an axe. Like, please sell Done. the house and go. That's what he wants. And then we, and we, yeah, we go, we, everywhere we go, we find our, the place where we're going to fish. Like my boys okay. love to fish and they're big enough that they can go fish by themselves. Well, I mean, I always go because I don't want them falling in a lake or something, but it's, <laughs> it's really, really fun. But I, we could see ourselves moving into a home. It's a home base where it's just, life will be a little bit easier there. They, kids can be involved in community, can be involved in sports. We can still homeschool so we can just leave whenever we want to and spend a month in Florida or a month in Arizona or a month in the Northwest or Northeast, whatever we want to do. We love that. We want to continue all that. At the same time, we do want to, we want to have that home base. But I'll tell you, Nikki, the financial part of this is interesting. So we had a house, we had a mortgage, we had an HOA, we have electric, we have gas, we have utilities, we have internet, all of those things. It is, it costs less with the loan on a $100,000 truck, $100,000 RV, paying the fees to stay in RV sites and our internet. All of that costs less than living in a home. And we hmm. get to travel the country. Now, like we can't stay in like San Diego like for forever like it, there's there's more expensive places to stay but you could stay in some beautiful beautiful areas for 30 40 dollars a night and when you do all that math and we so we have a truck we also bought a tesla this year to have a second car to just kind of get around because it's easier but we have limitless power wherever we're at we already pay for a nightly fee so when we charge the tesla from the pedestal outside it's free electricity to us so we don't it's it's a very efficient situation. Um, Where do you keep altogether. the Tesla? Where do you so, keep it? Yeah, normally you at an RV park, they have they have some parking lots. So we'll put our big old truck. We have an F four fifty. We'll put that in the parking lot because it only needs to be driven. It loves to pull heavy things. It's built for it. So we just use that to pull the RV. Otherwise, it sits in the lot, and we would might drive it once in a month whenever we're traveling otherwise the tesla just parks right next to the rv on our site that's pretty standard you'll have, you'll have a site you'll have a space for a car next to you and then just yeah, like, have an you, extension do you, cord do you drive them both like yeah. you you will like you will drive your truck with your kids in it yep. and your partner will drive the tesla or something like that correct yep yeah, like, and when we go, have the truck tow the thing tow no, the tesla no. that's too much towing got it that would that would be amazing, but uh, we, it's nice because the truck, when you're pulling 30,000 pounds, we should just be going about 65 miles away, period. So the Tesla can zoom ahead of us, then the Tesla will pass us, and the Tesla will go 250, 280 miles on a charge. And what you do, what's amazing in a Tesla is you just put in your destination. You know, we're headed to Madison. And put in your destination and it'll just take you from supercharger to supercharger as part of the route to your destination. So you're never running out. You don't have to manage your battery. It, it does it for you. As far as the truck goes, there's plenty of diesel on the highways. So that's yeah. easy. 
That's cool. So but, you guys are going to be RVing, obviously, in 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 and around Tent City at Madison. Absolutely. Yeah, Fun. we love it. It's great. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The the tricky part there like a... is that. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you have like a walkthrough or anything on your YouTube? Because I'm dying to see this. I photo. sure do. Full okay, good. Go, I'm going to go it, check it out. Yeah, you just search Jason Grubb full RV. It's badass. It's really cool. I'll I'll find the link and I'll put it in the show notes, Nikki. Fun, so people fun. Can see I'm it. excited. Yeah. I just I'm just loving the thought of this huge truck and a Tesla side by side. There's it's something so about oh, it's they're the polar opposite of of vehicle production right there. I've, We're uh, balancing out the environment right here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have a, I have a gym part. I own a gym here in Cleveland and my partner, Tom has two cars that he drives to the gym and one is a F-250. That's, I think it's an F-250 or something. It's something comparable, huge, you know, pickup. And the second one is a Jeep Wrangler. I'm like, do you have an aversion to anything over five miles per gallon? Like, seriously, yeah, right. like he is, he's personally keeping the Saudis in business. Like it's, it's just it's really impressive. Really yeah. impressed. I'll tell you, once you drive a Tesla and you you get that feeling of a car that just drives itself, it is so annoying to drive regular cars. Yeah. I I hate I'm sure. I hate having to turn on a car, having to steer. It's it's it's, it's absurd. It is it is the best car I've ever had. And it, I like driving a truck when we're hauling something. There's something masculine about that. But besides that. <laughs> I like I like the hands off. Just let the car do its thing. It's a better driver than I am. It's less distracted than I am. That's for sure. So it's a safer situation. That's cool. It it is a weird. I was in a Tesla not that long ago, and it's a much different experience mm -hmm. than like a, like I drive a Jeep Wrangler. And you're right about it feeling masculine. Like we're on just like normal roads. It's very boring, and it's kind of hard to drive. You know, big tires, and it's loud, and you're like, this is annoying. The other day I was driving back from Michigan and for whatever reason, my GPS took me to a road that was under construction and it was like mm -hmm. potholes as far as the eye could see. And I'm like, finally, I get to do what this Jeep was made for, you know, <laughs> and I'm just flooring it down this, this beat up road just so I can go through the mud puddles, you know? Yeah. But, but in a Tesla, it's the opposite. Like you're barely paying attention. You got like one finger on the wheel. If that, you know, you're looking yes. at that monster display that looks like a big screen TV, like, mm -hmm. It's really, it's a really cool thing. Like, say what you want about Elon Musk. The Tesla is cool. It's yeah, it is, it is great. It is yep. rad. Yep. Now we have a plug at my house because my mom drives a Tesla and she watches my son one day a week. So we like made her a little plug situation in our garage. Yes. Oh, nice. Come charge right at our house. That is a very nice thing to do. Right? Well, maybe a million years from now when the show takes off, Nikki, you can buy your own Tesla. Oh crazy. my God. Can you imagine? No, in a million years when the show takes <laughs> off and we actually have any cash in our pockets from it, I'm going to go right. back and rebuy my Wrangler that I had to get rid of when I had a baby. That's uh, what I'm going to yeah. do. Because mm -hmm. yep. I cried the, the day that, that, that I had to say goodbye to that car. Well, the irony of the story is I debated between an electric vehicle and the Wrangler when I bought the Wrangler. You want the and electric Wrangler? I, no, no, I, no. If you're going to get a Wrangler, cool. get a Wrangler. No, no, no. I don't know. Oh. That 4 by e is pretty badass. I think it's cool. It's quiet. For a Wrangler to be that quiet, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I you don't know. Maybe deflate the tires and go crawling if you want to. Maybe Just next saying. time. We have a, we literally have a Tesla dealership like a half a mile from my house. So I see oh, cool. these things every day. 
Mm-hmm. And every time I see one, I'm like, oh, man, I'd look great behind the wheel of one of those. Mm-hmm. You know? They're slick. But then I also see people driving with the tops off the Wranglers, and I'm like, damn, that looks awesome, too. And we have, you know, here in Cleveland, our summers are like 75 degrees, so it's like right. ideal top-off weather in the summer. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. I miss had to go with Wrangler. Had to make that happen. Sad. So. So you got to be excited about the games coming up. You got the, this so is like two, two weeks out. You you feel like yep. you're, you said you're the fittest you've ever been. Have you tapered off like you're in rest mode now? Or are you still going hard for the next couple of weeks? This is the, this is the last week of absolute hellfire. Every day is, is really tough, really tough. I thought last week was tough, but this week is tougher. And then next week will be a deload where we start to step it back to normal human workouts, <laughs> let the body heal, recover a bit. And the funny thing is, is I'm not the kind of person to go completely inactive, even for a couple of days. I, I don't like it. I don't feel good. So I'll be, be active all the way through that deload week. Still training. It's really interesting. I'll be in Madison a week early, be training at, at Big Dane CrossFit out there. I love seeing a lot of athletes training that week before out there. And then, yeah, we kick it off on a Tuesday, so that's nice. I'll, I'll, I'll take it's, it's not too far off from a standard training week for me, so my body will be fairly acclimated to that rhythm and routine. One of the interesting things this this year is that since semifinals, I've been following programming that my my business partner and I have developed for masters athletes. So I'm 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 moving in a direction where like. I think there, and I've thought this for years, there's this amazing opportunity to create a training program specific to and for master's athletes. And I've been doing our our programming. It's not released to the public yet, but I've been doing our programming through this time. And it's just got some really fun, unique, interesting, and different stimuluses. Stimuli, stimuli, if we say it that way. And I I've, I randomly during a deload week a couple weeks ago, I PR'd everything. Huh. I, a PR, a lifetime PR back squat, lifetime PR front squat, bench. And yeah, John, like we were talking about earlier, like I, I, I easily squatted 405. And it was one of those where I was like, I'm not squatting more a month out from the CrossFit Games, but four plates felt, felt amazing. So this is, this is, this is going to be fun to take what we've developed, what I've been training for for the last 12 weeks or training with and release that to the world like that's amazing but that's what i train for the games particularly in the summer it's tremendously imbalanced i mean today for example was up ice plunge breakfast get to the gym i've got three hours at the gym of training before i got to jump on a call with my co-founder we have a, a standing call so we did that call I literally had to get back to the gym for another two-hour session, get home, sneak in a sprinting run echo bike session that made me 10 minutes late for our podcast. But I was like, if I get that done, I don't have to do it after the podcast. I don't want to do it at eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a podcast now, and then I'm gonna I'll do I'll eat dinner and I'll do a little bit of work tonight. That is imbalance. It's really challenging to juggle all of those balls. And make sure that I'm spending time with my boys, with my family, attending to everything I need to do in the business to be ready for a launch just after the games and train like a maniac. But we're almost there. But that's every summer training for the games. It's this, wow, it's a pendulum swing into like 
huge amounts of training, inappropriate amounts of training for a master's athlete that I could never do long-term. But for this season, I love it. I mean, I love, I love the end of the night, like laying on the floor thinking, I can't believe what I accomplished today. I had a, what there's, I'm in Colorado and there's at the gym that I'm going to a couple of people that jump in and train with me while I'm there. And one of them this morning was like, Hey, send me, send me what you're doing today. So I, I sent her the paragraphs of what I'm doing. And she was like, okay, awesome. So I will, I will jump in for the first and second out of the 12 things that you're doing today. I'm really excited to jump in. And, and she did. And it was fun. We saw well, you uh, lost you lost me at cold plunge. I'm all set. <laughs> oh, the first thing you did this morning. I'm like, oh, first I'm a- thing nope, every nope. day. Yeah, I'm a huge a believer. Of, lose a lot of people for the cold plunge. A lot of people scared <laughs> of that. The, oh, your man. philosophy room. I, you know, I know you haven't released a program yet, so I'm not asking you to give away all your secrets, but your what's your yeah. philosophy on on masters athletes and their training different from, you know, these yeah. young, these youngsters yeah. that are out there <laughs> these days. So I, I, I think master's athletes need really smart amounts of volume. And I think, I think smart or intelligent volume is probably the right phrasing. I haven't, I haven't nailed down all of the phrasing, but you know, it's not just a decreased volume. So what I see out, in the, out there is you have individual programs that have master's programs as well, which is generally just a watered down or a, a decreased volume version of the individual program. I, I don't, well, I think that anything can work. I mean, following a program consistently will make you a very fit human being. I'm a, I can attest to that myself, but I think for longevity in this sport created just for masters, looks like not tons of volume. <laughs> it's really a different way of saying not tons of volume, but the volume that you do can be massive, can create massive gains. So for example, Developing a squat PR this year versus what I was able to to do two years as a as a PR. I'm older and stronger. A lot of that's come from eccentric tempo type squats that are absolutely devastating. If you've done something like you've got maybe you have three sets, I mean five sets of three back squats, but the last squat has a four second descent, a two second hold, and then you stand up. So instead of doing huge volumes of back squats. You're only doing 15, but the last one of each set will nearly put you in the grave, or at least that's what it feels like, right? Right. But that kind of work creates such, such huge strength gains and stability that that's, that's one element of smart volume. It's, it's doing these sets, and that's just one example, but lots of sets where you're very intentional about movement. A lot of eccentric movement for masters is very, very beneficial. A ton of core work, and that's not like, not flutter kicks and planks. Core work is, you know, holding sandbags, incorporating different types of squats, you know, zercher squats, lots of front rack holds, just loading up to 105% of, a, of a, your max front squat and holding it. Those kinds of things create very interesting amounts of capacity that then when you are actually just doing normal things like a set of three back squats, for me, like today, 365 was not that big of a deal. And two years ago, that was scary weight for me. So that's one of the philosophies, smart volume in individual movements, but then also smart volume in the total amount of work you do. I know I just talked about 12 items in one day, but I'm doing like 150% of the volume yeah. 
that you would normally well, yeah, do with experience training. Yeah. This is it's game This is not yeah, it. Yeah. 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 But you said a lot like my coach. We, we yeah. call it capacity over everything for masters. Always athletes. less is yeah. more. Less is yeah. so much more for masters. Yeah, but yeah. interesting is more too. I love yeah. that kind of. That's that's when yeah. you can tell a really smart coach and a really smart programmer is like, what are the other things that we can do to build very specific muscle patterns yes. within your yes. nervous system? Like that yep. is. That's pretty cool. I like to hear it. And a lot of those sort of like, I don't want to call them more unique movements, but they're movements that you might not see programmed every day. If you're going into right. a CrossFit gym every single day and you're right. not doing a lot of accessory work, a lot of those movements specifically mirror real yes. life movements that we yeah. do. You know, those, those Zerks, Zerks, I always say it wrong. Yeah. Zerks, yeah. Squats. Say Zerker it. Squats. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Zerker squats. Thank you. They're like, yep. they're like you carrying like heavy bags of dog food anywhere. You know what I yes. mean? So like, I, yes. I really appreciate when accessory they're, work or when yeah. specific strength programming incorporates yes. a lot of those more specific training well, you elements. Know, on, I do this other show, Ben Zawalski, and oh, yeah. he, he calls it the lead domino. You know, like if you want to get really good at heavy thrusters, you don't need to do heavy thrusters over and over. Get really good at a front squat. Get a heavy front squat. Yeah. Like do what yeah. you're describing, do these pause squats. Like mm -hmm. you'll find yes. that, you know, instead of doing front squats, back squats, thrusters, and, you know, goblet squats and all these things that are loading you up, do one thing, fix your lead domino yes. and everything else will yes. follow. And what, and what you're describing, particularly around like that pause stuff that was giving me heebie jeebies. Cause it's so yeah, hard. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, so it, hard. It will, it will put you in your grave if you do it. But it fixes everything. And now you're doing one thing, fix the capacity of all these other problems you have. And all of a sudden you look up as a master's athlete and go, when did I start squatting this much weight? Yeah, that that's happen? cool. Yeah, that's cool. Another, um, when, another phrase, another phrase that I was just going to sneak this in, a phrase that we like to use instead of accessory work for master's athletes, we like to use the word reinforcement work. It's this idea that we've done this work through a, through a session and then to finish off the session, we're going to do reinforcement work. The muscle groups that we've just worked, now we're going to give them something unique, something very specific to, to reinforce the movement patterns we've just done. I'm thinking, I'm thinking tomorrow reinforcement work after front squats, cleans. I'll tell you, you want to do something fun. Do something like two front squats, drop the bar, now squat clean and jerk and re-rack the bar and do those for sets. That's fun. That's all, that's tomorrow. That's just, that's free. No charge for that. <laughs> but then the reinforcement work at the end of the day, it has four reinforcements. I can all remember two of them off the top of my head, but Bulgarian split squats, which is everyone's favorite. Oh uh, yeah, no, pass, hard pass. Know, hip, hip, hip thrusts, and, which is also another favorite, hip thrusts. Yes. You know, your back is on a bench, hip thrusts, you got the pad, kills your hips so good and then ghd hip extensions what he did hip extensions with a barbell so we reinforce we do this reinforcement work which historically if it was accessory work i'm like accessory means optional right because yeah, that's right. what we all Extra, see yeah that's I'm all done. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't i don't need accessories but reinforcement you're like oh okay reinforcement i'm a master's athlete i should probably just by changing the word to reinforcement I probably not going to skip the reinforcement work. So I think there's fun, fun words you can use to help en engage members or clients or masters do the work. We're going to call it reinforcement yeah. work. It's yeah. not accessory work. 
you're reinforcing. So this is, this is a like true that. story. We do all three of those movements on Sunday, but we call it butt stuff Sunday. But, so it's not as, <laughs> yeah, it's not as nice as reinforcement work. It's just butt stuff. I mean, you know, yeah, I've, have you guys, I've got a, have you, have you guys ever done frog pumps? I just did those at the gym this past week. I don't no. know. They no. suck. They're, they're hip thrusts, right? Or, or glute bridges or whatever you want to call them. Yep. But with your, with your feet, like in a froggy position, so you lay on your back with your feet together and your knees out and you, oh my God, push your, push your buttons up in the air that way. Yeah. Try that. You want to, you want to do that alone in the gym first, not yeah, in front well, of people first. Yes. I was yeah, coaching class that. and I was like, this is what these are. Let's get all your inappropriate comments yes. out at the start Go of ahead. class and Fire I away. will be judging yep. them. And they better be fucking funny. Yes. And then we're all going to do them. <laughs> and we can all do them facing away from each other, but whatever you want <laughs> to do. They are Definitely. hard. And you know, when, uh, when does this program launch? August 7th, the day after the games. Oh wow. my God. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> So and then you I want a break, right? Then you then you get a vacation. That that is a break. That is a break to me. I'm just so excited to actually release it to the public. It's it's ready. It's it's ready right now. We've partnered with whiteboard. The pages are set. Everything is ready. We are just choosing to release it then with the reason, you know, in the first few weeks of launching a program, there's going to be a interaction and community and 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 all of that going on. And I don't want to not be able to engage in that because I'm competing at the games. Yeah. Like for those yeah. three days, I'm I'm doing nothing but eating, recovering, and and selling my soul on the field. So we just say instead of doing a launch a couple weeks before, or even doing a soft launch, I want to do I don't do anything half-assed. So we are we are doing it on August seventh. The, the games finish on the sixth, and technically, so my games as a Masters athlete finishes Thursday the first second third so i actually get to be a spectator the fourth Fun. fifth and sixth and then i get to launch a new my a new we're gonna change the world business on the seventh mm-hmm. so it's gonna be great and just to throw this out there a plug for the unofficial masters after party sponsored by boulder athlete we're doing that thursday night okay it's seven until ten o'clock at the capitol brewery in madison we've reserved our area for the unofficial master's party hashtag in bed by 10. This is a seven o'clock till 10 o'clock. We're having beers. We're not like, we're not at a club. We're not, that's not us. We're not going out on Sunday night with the athletes and being up all night. We are going to have some beers and be sophisticated and celebrate this thing. You know, you know what you should do in order to get in, you should make people tell you where they were when Reagan got shot. And you know, oh, that's, Aww, where that's you tough. Where were you? Come, I want to come. Yeah. You guys, I will become a master's athlete just days before the games. We'll allow it. You're invited. Okay. We'll allow it. Perfect. Yeah, we'll allow it. Perfect. Every, actually, everyone is invited. And while we're there, we, we are actually paying out. So we remember the Reebok used to do the bonus program for events, yes. right? I haven't seen that this year. I don't. Come on, Reebok. I haven't heard of it yet. Yeah, Yeah, it was fun. So we are paying out. It's not Reebok money because we're not Reebok. We don't have revenue, but we're paying out $50 in, in, what's on the $50 bill? Is that a, what's on it? Is that a, it's not a Benjamin. Who's on the 50? Hamilton. It's an old white man, old white guy. Yeah, old white guy. We've got, we've got $50 bills. We're handing out $50 bills for every Masters Athlete event win 
at the after party. They just have to come. Masters athletes, oh. if you win an event, come get a $50 bill and we're just celebrating. Like, it's just fun to win an event at the games. And it's fun to think, wow, I just popped $1,200 from Reebok or $50 cash that I don't have to claim. I'll take that too. So we'll have stacks of Ben. Well, I'm trying to think, do we get $50 stacks of singles? Because that's kind of cool. Mr. Beast does that. And we're just mm-hmm. handing out $50 stacks, stacks of cash. Oh my God. We're probably so going to. No, but $50 per event win. So, you know, guys like Kevin Coaster, like the guy could come collect clean some up. money. Clean yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, that, and if Jason, I'm, that's really special because yeah. you're, I know that you, you know, have barely even launched this program. And so, you know, you're just out here hustling, trying to make your business successful and like yep. giving back to your community in cold yep. hard cash. When you guys are Cash. paying your own way for your hotels and your travel yes. and your food and your non-tainted yes. supplements, like everyone is really Correct. just out here, like pouring their hearts and souls and hard-earned cash into this sport, like really special. And this is across across masters divisions, a- across all masters divisions. Dang, um, that's a lot of people. Every division paying out too. It's it's 140 people. It's 140 people. So if we have seven masters divisions. Male, female, that's 14 total divisions. And if they have six to eight events per division, it's, yeah, it's, that's, it's why it's not $100 per event. It's $50 per event. Twice. You're like, listen, um, I want to help. Right. I also with the budget, family, I was like, so. I, I mean, I want all the events. And if, if it's close, if there's like, if it's at the end of my events and I've got a lead and I've got a cushion, whoever's behind me on the final event, if that were the case, I'd be like, dude, go ahead. Please go ahead. I've got fifty dollars for you tonight. Go win win this Aww. event. I don't even care. Um, I love it. But I'm, I, I mean, my my money saving option is that I'll just try to win as many events in my division as possible. But I still there want my friends, my guys, to come. Um, right. But yeah, we we actually were trying to decide like, could we pay out more to the podium athletes for the Masters? Because there's we could we could pay out more to podium. But really, CrossFit does that. You get ten thousand dollars for first above forty. And uh, what is it? $5,000 for second, $3,000 for third. So they're getting paid. So let's just get you, you get, you get some event winners in there that are walking away with nothing. So whether they are podium content, podium champions or whatever, or just individual event winners. Yeah. Come get 50 bucks and have a beer at a, at the Capitol brewery, because I want that. I, I would love to have an official masters after party that CrossFit throws in the future. It's not there yet. So we're just going to throw the very much unofficial so that CrossFit, so I can actually say the word CrossFit. It's unofficial. Yeah. And we're just well, have a good time. I would time. love to go. That would be really fun. Yeah. So I, we, there's no you way. You guys are invited, of course. Yeah. Hell I yeah. couldn't, pull, we couldn't pull it off this year, but we will absolutely offer a kettlebells and cocktail master's party for you guys next year. Oh my no God. Doubt. Hell That's yeah. it. About it. I mean, honestly, if I've got, so this year I did get sponsors like Barbell Apparel, C is a sponsor black label supplements. Oh, we love Thursday. So, yeah, yeah is amazing, right? So these companies are all getting out of cars to the event winners as well. So we've given them cash, but we'll also be giving them gift cards from these sponsors that have agreed to support Masters athletes outside of what they're already doing at the games. So that's, I'm sitting here with, I'm gonna have stacks of gift cards on my desk from all three of those sponsors, which is also very cool. So. The more we do this, next year we get kettlebells and cocktails and we make sure we're at a place that can make cocktails 
and we That's give out right. kettlebell to event event winner. I don't we we have fun with it. You know what I mean? Oh my god, so oh, fun! Yeah. I'm here for it. Well, we'll Elite. be an all masters yeah. team next year. So That's <laughs> right, baby. That's right. Exactly. Well, we're crashing this Welcome. party. I'm crashing the party. I don't know if Nick can be right. Totally should be working. But, you, yeah, all right. Well, I'll be working, but also Matt can I'll put that there. baby down. It'll be like when we were in Miami, and I was like, <laughs> "I have a podcast party. Can you stay here with the baby, Kate?" Yeah, we, 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 we've we've actually done this, Jason. We threw a cocktail party at Wadapalooza. We had like 400 people show up to that thing. Oh, that's and, amazing! And to this day, two, I still cannot believe that that should happen. It was, it was insane. It was two so foods fun. sponsored sponsored it. And we had a ton of booze that they brought in yep. and. So we're all in to help you next I'm in. year. We I'm totally you. in. This will Amazing. be really fun. Yep. Awesome. We got oh, you. Yeah. Cheers right, to the well, start of something new right there. That's going to be know. fun. Yeah. Yep. Just like that. And we'll obviously, we'll help when you get ready to launch this thing on the 7th. I'll be driving yep. back from Madison on that day, but I can I can text and drive. So it won't be a big deal. So Perfect. I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're driving a Tesla, you could do it all day. It doesn't matter. No. Be a little Damn. harder in the Jeep. I'll have to pull over, but we'll, we'll <laughs> help get this thing pushed out because I uh, got to help my fellow Masters athletes, right? I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. All right. Well, listen, thanks for joining, Jason. And really, seriously, good luck at the games, man. I know yeah. you, you, you've already told us you're going to win it. So spoilers for everyone listening. Like, I guess we can only <laughs> watch for second and third now. But I'm excited to watch you compete in person. It's going to be great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, Nikki, go heal your kid with his foot and mouth and hoof disease or whatever he has. <laughs> hand, foot, mouth, balls yeah, disease, I, I think is what it's called. <laughs> yeah, w whatever he has. I don't know, but <laughs> good good luck with all of that for sure. Yeah, and for, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining this evening, and we will chat with you guys next week.